Podcasting live from San Jose, California. It is the Dead Bod Rap Pod. I am one third of your hostesses, Dim One, Damone Carter. I am joined by David Ma, whom has on a jacket that I don't feel corresponds to the current weather outside. Say more. <laughs> um, it's a Sherpa collar because my office is very cold, by the way. Um, okay. Okay. How are you, Damone? Uh, shit, man. Um, popping my Sherpa collar um, ever since I can remember and uh, just just hanging in there. Uh, also joined by the the mercurial Nate LeBlanc, uh, who I like your color arrangement. Thanks. I, I, yeah, I, I enjoy a, a, a man who's not afraid to, to go off of a two color scheme. I have been trying to incorporate a little bit more color into my wardrobe. Like I, mm. I think, especially during the pandemic, like my shit got pretty drab and I'm like, I, I, I don't have to be afraid of color. I, I don't wear red. So that Ooh. takes a whole section of okay. the clothes. Is that, that for are like available. undertone purposes? I, I just don't like it. It, it yeah. just doesn't, I don't Your think it looks good on me. And yeah. <laughs> if I had to choose a gang based on the colors, you know, it, it wouldn't be that one. Yeah. Uh, 13 for Nate, but yeah. yeah. We're, lo- we're loving the purple glasses, Nate. <laughs> you know, it's like they, uh, I got the kind where it's like it re- reflects black back the blue light. And yeah, yeah it uh, super looks weird in this uh, Zoom arrangement. <laughs> uh wavy nate joining us we're we're happy that we could all be together here uh for another episode of the dad bod rap pod we got fly interviews coming up as you already know but as we shove off here there's a lot of like hip-hop news and again i wonder is there some parallel universe where there's like indie rock or r&b news like this i don't think so um but uh but also i don't know but in the world of rap uh, there's quite a bit going on. I wanted to start um, with a somber moment because I know Dave is going to be heartbroken about this. Dave, did you hear your favorite rapper J. Cole is retiring? And what are no. what are your thoughts initially? How did that strike you? Um, hopefully he is really retiring, unlike Lupe or Logic retiring. Ah, yes. You know what I mean? Is that yes. what we're talking yes. about here? Yeah, um, you know, Nate and I got a chance to chat about this a little bit on the Patreon, and there is an idea, is this somehow fake? Nate, have we learned anything else since yesterday? You know what's weird is uh, I, I was looking a little bit on my lunch, like no one in our world seems to be talking about this. So that's one thing that makes it seem fake. Like maybe we're just picking the right people to follow and tons yeah. of people are talking about this, but we just don't, we just don't interact with them. But it seems like it did not really make ripples in terms of being real news. So Mm-mm. I have no idea. We're talking about yeah. the Kendrick's last TDE album news, right? Is that what we're talking about? No, no, no. J. Cole actually tweeted yesterday that Dreamville, he, Dreamville record re- label tweeted, tweeted J. Cole that J. Cole is retired. retired. Oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So it was a celebratory tweet. No, <laughs> uh. <laughs> For some of us, I, it made me think about like, okay, J. Cole is retired, but like, is that because he spawned Corday? Is he like, I can stop now? 
there's somebody else to take up the mantle for me in the game. Um, he's not retiring. He'll, he'll be back, unfortunately. Uh, I think to your point, though, Dave, uh, the Twitters were Twitter yesterday with the news that Kendrick Lamar is going to drop um, an album entitled Mr. Morale. Am I saying that right? Did I catch that right? There's a yeah. second part, too. Yeah, I forgot what it was. Mr. Morale and J. Cole's retiring or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Big news. Uh, Some people, myself included, had almost felt like we just weren't going to get another record. I make this joke at the the year-in episode every year where we get a a Kendrick album this year and uh, we're always hopeful, but it never comes to pass. But supposedly... On May 13th, we are going to get a new record um, with, a, with a curious title. I, I saw the other piece. Oh, there it is. Mr. Morale and mm. the Big Steppers. Um, Nate, what is this going to be about? Based on your lack of total lack of knowledge um, and the name of the album. I, no clue. Yeah. Uh, if, if Can you was, speculate for me, brother? If it was Mr. Dabalina, I might have a chance to understand it. Uh, yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, all, all I'll say is like people are reacting very negatively to the title. I think we should focus on the news that we're getting a new album. I haven't poked mm-hmm. around the website, but apparently if you type in other words, like slash other words, like you can find other stuff. Like it's a pretty involved oh. website. Uh, okay announcement thing i haven't really had time to mess with it but um i'll just say this about the title all of his titles sound kind of weird except like uh, starting with to pimp a butterfly moving forward like that's not a particularly good title but uh better than to pimp a caterpillar but yeah wrap it (laughs) in layers of meaning and you describe it and you you make great art with that as the presentation then it is right your damn period is not a particularly good title unless right. the album is good the beatles is a dumb name it's a exactly I was just until, gonna that up. until they until you, it's what you make of it so it's right. it, it's tough to just uh kind of go off of a title uh, do you guys but, know who the uh the comedian harris whittles was he was like a writer on parks and recreation and um kind of like a weird like vine star he had a really funny vine presence anyway He's a really funny guy, and uh, he, one of his tweets that still goes around nowadays, many years after he passed away, is, uh, "Oh, I love it when artists uh, announce uh, track listings. Give me them names. Like, <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't know what the song is, who cares what the name is? I've always found that an odd part of the rollout, and we're even pre that in this Kendrick. Rollout. Yeah, yeah. And we, it's uh, only a couple no of weeks away, so let's, let's see what he has to say. Let's, some- let's hold tight. Sometimes with the track listings, you do get features, right? So this is like ultimately, ultimate, like cryptic. You know, what totally. I mean? I mean, he is I, famously a huge fish fan, so it's a little different, and they have super goofy titles. But with rap, oftentimes it does come with like some context. Right. Totally, totally. Uh, this one gives you. Um, it would it would be nice to have a sense of direction a little bit since we since we've been waiting so long, but also keeps it exciting. Yeah, there's definitely an air of mystery um, that he cultivates. I, I'll say this, and I'll, I'll direct this to you, Nick, because you're our resident movie guy. If that was the name of a movie, would it, would it make you skeptical? Do titles of movies make you skeptical about the actual content of the movie? No, not really. 
Um, it is kind of the only little anecdote that comes to mind about that is uh, my wife and I recently watched The Worst Person in the World. And uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's a very good film. I really enjoyed it. And um, it's it's about this kind of normal woman. And I kept every time a new character would come on screen, my shtick was like, so is that the worst the person? Worst person. <laughs> like, hey, what, what is this person going to do to earn this title? And so, live up to it. you know, okay. so you'll I just... don't want to spoil the, uh, you know, third piece of the Oslo trilogy for people who haven't watched it yet, but worth watching. And, um, you know, it's kind of, I guess that we're all the worst person in our own way, but um, anyway, I do what I can. Yeah. yeah. Is that a good movie title though? Does that make you want to watch the movie? Why would you want to watch a movie about the worst person in the world? And then it's this lovely meditation on life and relationships. It's like, yeah. so no, I don't think the titles matter that much. Uh, I think it matters a little bit more in the movies. Cause you got to say it when you go, you got it in, in the olden days. You would have to be like, "Give me two for Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers." Uh, uh, the, the the famous, not fam- famously bad one of that is. I don't know if you guys know this movie. I filed it many times in the bargain bin at the music store where I worked in. Was Doctor Magorium's Wonder Emporium? Ooh, it's, it's a half a bar. A very bad one. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. It's a <laughs> Dustin Hoffman is in it. So that's an embarrassing thing to say out loud. But like, uh, just a, as a for instance, and just as an excuse to talk about this new movie that I really enjoyed, everything, everywhere, all at once. That's a lot of. Yeah. That's a lot of title. That's a lot to say. That's at the a lot, it's a that's lot of mouthful. movie. Yeah, but so is it a good title or a bad title? Now that I've seen the movie, I can tell you it's very descriptive and on point. But like, do I want to say that a bunch? No, not really. You know, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough no. to say. Also, you have to buy your tickets online now and reserve your seats in advance, and you can even buy snacks in advance. Though I don't really they've ruined everything. The popcorn is cold when they bring it. No, it's way better to have your own seats and not have to worry about the seats, and to be oh. able to per- purchase seats with buffer zones from the people. That's the best thing about this. I can yeah. ensure that no one's going to sit by me. Man, uh, it's it. The future is is built towards the Nate type of uh, type of viewer for sure. Um, yeah, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Let's we will withhold judgment um, until we hear the record, obviously. But um, I do think there are a couple of directions that this could go in. Uh, as I kind of think about like what would he do now to be creative, interesting, and impressive. I think what Kendrick's been really good about is like not doing the same shit twice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, to pember butterfly regarded by many as a, as a creative masterpiece. And he kind of did it and then kind of spun in another direction. Um, I think we're going to get, we might get a spiritual lyrical miracle um, out of Kendrick. He may be, uh, I, I don't know why I just have this feeling he's going to be more uh, Zen and possibly preachy than ever. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see where it lands. It will definitely be an event uh, when it happens. And I'm still going to go if I think there's still a, a slight chance that this is going to be something that's not exactly uh, what we expect it to be. Um, but I, I will uh, I'll hope for the best in that regard. Um, I wanted to get y'all opinion on another piece of rap news that just came out like hours ago. Um, apparently GQ has a feature story on, uh, future in which they proclaim him to be the best rapper alive. David Ma on a scale of Nabra to fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> where are, where are you sitting on GQ's proclamation of future as the best rapper alive? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
um, <laughs> when I saw that, I was going to I was going to like retweet and say something like this doesn't look like Billy Woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They unblurred his face. He was the whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's possible that one of our friends wrote this. So I don't want to go in too hard on this. We have a couple of friends who write for GQ, but uh, I mean, not for me. That's just the easiest thing to say is. And, and also, like, is it 2017 right now? I was about to say, I was about to say, it's a time where you could make this argument, but it's not now. Like, and but that's that's so mainstream magazine, right? Like, totally, totally. I mean, the future's on the cover, but it's talking about the past. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, uh, pretty much, man. Uh, I feel like, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting choice. Um, I do, I do want to read the article and the rationale. I know a lot of times magazines will kind of have these provocative um, kind of statements. Here's what I, here's what I will say for, for future. And I think I'm probably the, the, the closest to being a fan of his, of, of any of those of us present. Um, he is the musical avatar for male dirtbaggery. He is like toxicity, uh, the, the champion of it. Uh, and, and so I do think a lot of people take comfort in that there's like, there's still a guy who's a straight dirtbag. Like there's Apparently no, they, they cover that in the, in the article from the, okay. the stuff that I saw about it. Yeah. So I think in that sense, if you're connecting, um, if you want your rapper to be a badass antisocial um, type of person, I do feel like there is a there is a type of fan that gravitates towards Future for those reasons. Damon, can I ask you a question? Did sure. did Young Thug or Future come first? To, in my understanding, and please correct me, uh, listeners, I became aware of Future first, and then I became aware of Young Thug, and I thought I thought Future predated him, but I could totally be wrong about that. Okay, because it's yeah. like. You have to pick your guy for like, as you have called it many times on the show, electro crooning. Yeah. Like that's a whole (laughs) style of music now. And whether or not like we consider that to be kind of like the, it's not the kind of hip hop that we cover though. You introduced me to that song. I served the bass and I really like that song. Like I found a future song I like. Um, And I like mask off and the the big hits as much as any normal person. I I wouldn't change the radio if it came on though. There was a time where it was kind of inescapable and annoying um, in a way that only a mainstream radio hit can be. Um, But I I guess like young thug is the more interesting of those people because he's further left, right? It's more artistic. He's a he's he's definitely weirder, but it's interesting that I think their careers have taken uh, not radically different directions, but kind of different directions. Where I don't know if it's his dalliances with uh, his baby mama Sierra that keep Future at the center of a cultural conversation for well, people who don't famous, even listen to the record. Famous in a different way, not famous yeah. just for music. Yeah, exactly, as being um, the weird baby daddy in in, uh, in Russell Wilson's life. Um, yeah, I want to, I want to peep it. I don't want to dis- disparage it just yet, but it's, it's kind of interesting that, um, this concept of the best rapper alive, uh, we talked to a guest very recently who, who kind of talks about this as well. You hear the interview soon. Um, this idea that there has to be a dude who is like the, the best Dave, if you, if we put a gun to your head and you had to call it right now, are you, you're, you're going woods as of today. Right now, right now, um, this week in 2022, yeah. definitely Billy Woods. I'm still, I'm still thinking about his album fucking a hundred times uh, since listening to it a hundred times. 
Nate, if you had, if you had to, you, you're writing for GQ, who should they have gotten for this to, to match the title? Oh, did cool G rap die? It's easy to say Kendrick because he has mainstream sales levels and interest levels and like incredible rapping ability. So uh, we'll see on the 13th. Uh, something we didn't really cover, and I don't want to totally change subjects, but I don't think we actually talked about it on the pod. Just extensive uh, scathing remarks in the group chat that the uh, Mad Lib Black Star album is supposedly coming out that day, too, wah, on a podcast wah. service. Mm. Wah, wah. So, like, so will wait. we literally not hear it? Like, is one nah. of us going to bite the bullet and get a free trial? Like, uh, we'll hear it. We'll hear it. it it's going to be immediate immediately leaked somewhere you know yeah and i will hear it i mean yeah i i i trust that the dad bod um conglomerate somebody within our universe is gonna send us yeah yeah. um, a copy here's here's my question about that though the the releasing it on a podcast is corny unless we decide to do it and it's successful (laughs) but for now it's corny um can you listen to a a whole ass record of talib kwali nate probably not oof yeah, I mean, probably not at this point. Um, I'm I'm working on a little thing for a, a friend's show about Danger Doom. And like, it's like, oh, the first song to go cross that one off. It's yeah. Like, um, I, I don't know, man. Probably not. It, it's just it, I'm wondering, like, what size dose I could take him in right now. Yeah. Like, and it would be very small. And yeah. and you're not even I mean and I'm I'm not gonna knock you for this you're not even high on Yasin these days so I'm I'm kind of wondering what, what is yeah, there what, to be excited about like is there something uh, I don't know about that I should be listening to like <laughs> for for low hum and moaning that's what you that's what uh, you should be excited about that's Kid Cudi's lane isn't it um, yeah, but, I, I will say this there's a, a, a there's an older preservation album from 2006 that uh, Yasin is on and I I. I'm like, oh, this is so good. Like, it's the yeah. clear best track from that older record that I just like stumbled across, like, kind of seeing like what else is, is out it, there it, from our guest last week, Preservation. And it's like, I know they worked on um, Ecstatic together. So, yeah. um, it's kind of in that lane. And it, it, the sample is driving me crazy. I know it, but I can't place it. So, I'm listening to all this old psych rock trying to figure out where it, where it comes from. Nice. Um, which is actually way more fun for me anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, like, Get excited about what their podcast with Dave Chappelle? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm having I'm struggling. Dave, are you are you at all pumped about this? Uh, I am pumped about it. I think um, I think Yastine is one of those. He's such a natural that every time he sort of reemerges, um, it catches my ear. Um, his guest verse on that Navy Blue cut maybe mm, a year or two ago, really I thought good. was fucking great. Yeah. And um, and I don't know if you guys remember, but at the beginning of the most recent Dave Chappelle special, he walks out to like. 30 seconds of a black star cut. And I like that. I was like, whoa, what is this? I was trying like, to what is this? It. Yeah. And Mad involved? Yeah. So I guess it's off in the new black star. But yeah, I, I think I will always be sort of uh interested when Yassine um um has something um uh you know um in the pipeline. And you know, the mm-hmm. fact that there's the Mad Lib element too, I'm I'm stoked for. I just don't know how we're gonna get a Talibless version of this. Somebody, uh dad bob listeners, I believe in y'all. A lot of people have Ableton. Let's let's try to make it happen. Um, but I'll say this: I I know what we're kind of dancing around is is Talib has made himself much of a pariah um, in terms of his presence and stuff. But I'm kind of tired of him rapping too. Like I, I, I was not I, into him. 
Yeah, I, I was just kind of kind of into him for for a while. And I think um, uh, as a rapper, he, he kind of grates on me these days. So I'm, I'm I'm curious to see how much I'll be able to get into it. Also, um, and we'll see if this holds true for Kendrick. I do think the longer your layoff, um, a negative effect starts to happen. It's like there's anticipation builds and then you stop giving a fuck. And then the record comes out. And I'm like, yeah. It's like when two boxers who should have fought, like when fucking Pacquiao and, uh, and Floyd Mayweather yes, fought yes, four yes. years after they should have fought. It's like, yes. okay, yeah, cool. I'm going to watch it. But mm-hmm. like this shit would have been live four years ago. And I, I, I hope this is not what happens with Black Star, but I kind of feel like by the time we get to it, it's like, ah, oh, this would have been cool. Uh, rap is moving so fucking fast. Yeah. yeah that, I, I'm not that, sure if it, if it still matters. That's a great analogy. I mean, the tail end of a rap career is like the tail end of a boxer's career. It can be pretty ugly, you know, and, bo- and both are looking for that one last hit. I'll say this. Uh, my understanding is uh, no, not based on any personal knowledge, just kind of scuttlebutt, is that it's been recorded over the last however long. Like, it's not like they got these beats six weeks ago and then no, no. sat down no. and recorded an album. They're kind of older tracks. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that helps or hurts, hurts in the, the construction that you were putting forth Damone like does it like if if they're getting worse as they get older does it help if these songs were recorded five <laughs> years ago you know what I mean right, right, or is right. it just because trends change but it's not gonna be a trendy album I don't think but Madlib is up to speed on things like he changed the sound of rap kind of especially our little corner of it with uh pinata so yeah is that is that effect possible here it's possible yeah let's let's i guess as with kendrick let's wait listen see and and hope for the best um and hope that you the listener uh will contribute something to this discourse i'm i'm very interested to see what happens when um after the podcasty thing like then are they gonna put it on dsps i (sighs) someone's gonna upload it on youtube by the way dude you know what i mean yeah like like in the in the moment which in another boxing analogy it happens with all the major fights. If you just tick in as soon as it comes out, you can find a good YouTube link. Um, totally. So that's that's probably how we'll tap in. Um, but yeah, here's so in summary, rappers never retire, boxers <laughs> never retire, although they should. Um, and don't release your album on a podcast unless it's ours. Um <laughs> I, I'm I'm curious to see how effective this is. Cause here's here's what I think. I think with Talib's podcast type of stuff that he's doing he may have a a larger audience than he does for his like music and i think that might be part of the the thinking on on his part is like this is where i have the most juice right now um let's let's release it through here so uh i just think they want to get paid for it and like they're not willing to just throw it onto dsps and then tour behind it like right right. he doesn't want to tour right and like no people show up for talib madlib's not going to dj for them like the right i think it's like they they have to get paid for it because this is their art you're like that's how i'm reading it okay okay i don't think i don't know if they own luminary but um their podcast with dave Chappelle, the midnight hour i think Mm -hmm. it's called is by far the most public thing yeah um, on that network so i guess they just built like the kind of music functionality for this so it's just oh, kind of like how you know if you want to watch every single movie you gotta have, this movie's on hbo and this movie's on yeah, amazon yeah, yeah. And this movie's on hulu like we're heading there with uh, records, which sucks uh nope i'm gonna wait on on bootleggers like to dave's point um long long live the bootleggers online 
Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. We just talked about a bunch of records we have never heard. Demon, let's yet. do my favorite new game. You want to guess how many uh, Spotify monthly listeners Talib has? Oh, this is great. Okay, so Talib has. I'm gonna go two hundred thousand monthly listeners. Uh, you're way off. Uh, seven hundred eighty-three thousand eight hundred. Yeah, he's bigger than you think. He has hits for twenty years. Hits, under yeah. underground hits. Like yeah, yeah, from, yeah. From uh, Reflection Eternal, or what is it? What is it like? Um, Fortified yeah. Live in two thousand. Yeah, seasons yeah, yeah. Great indie, twelve inches of all time. I mean, Quali. My you mom knows the Quali song. Yeah. Get by in the middle. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the one she knows, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, and yeah. So, uh, uh. You know, I, I think especially with an artist like uh, Talib, who has that kind of long career, this is like the Spotify. His his classic joints are going to stay in rotations and playlists forever and ever and ever. Um, so uh, best of luck to him. Saw his book at the bookstore in Santa Cruz and chuckled to myself um, about I would rather buy the Deezus Samaro book than have to read uh, <laughs> 300 pages of, uh, of Talib Kweli. What's his uh, book? Is it like a memoir? uh it's i think it's 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 part memoir and kind of part like a, a social activism type of thing like he has like scholars and shit on the back saying that okay. he's he's dropping mm. he's dropping dimes in between begging porn stars and harassing black women online right exactly um so let's talk about and talk to someone who made an album we have heard and we like a lot uh def c was kind enough to join us to talk about his new project for all debts, public and private. So here is our interview with Def C, Dad Bought a Rap Hot. Dad bod rap pod every week we are talking to people who are moving and shaping hip-hop culture and also people who are raising children sometimes <laughs> at the same time uh like this week we have joining us in zoom def c what's going on man yo what's going on uh i hope you guys are doing well i'm just sitting here chilling my daughter is watching cookie monster uh chase somebody around a late night set that Elmo is hosting, all of which sounds like a dream that I had like a couple years ago. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just chilling. Just good, chilling. good, man. Uh, as we talk to you, as we tape this today, your new record with Boathouse uh, just dropped. Yes. How you feeling, man? How, how's, how is it? Take us through the mindset of, of the rapper on release day. Um. I mean, man, I'm, I just feel, uh, I'm feeling incredibly, incredibly fortunate. Um, hold on one second. Just... Yep. <laughs> yes, yes, I know they're playing music. Yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, oh, good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's been really cool. It's been really cool to see the response, to see how many people are tuning in, um, Yesterday, when it dropped on the fader, shouts out to them for making that happen, and uh, yeah. shout out to Ryan at Biz Three for making that happen too. It dropped on the fader, 
as a premiere and it was dope because I was like, oh man, people are people are talking about this. They're excited for it. It's dope. And then like 30 minutes later, Kendrick Lamar announced he was <laughs> dropping an album. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm just playing. I mean, you know, to be honest, not to sound like a bitter ass rapper. Um, I'm very, very grateful for all of the people who have been tuning in. I'm very grateful for all of the people who've been showing, who've been showing love and support. Um, and yeah, I've just been feeling incredibly fortunate. And um, a friend of mine hit me today and said it feels like a ceiling has kind of been broken when it mm. comes to the music, and and it it does kind of feel like that. So that's a and that's a really uh, rewarding feeling to have. Congratulations, man. That's so dope. Thank um, you. You know, let's uh, let's dive into the album just a little bit. I mean, since it dropped, um, I personally love the Kip Stone track, uh, Big Standout. Um, yeah. T- tell us a little bit about when you caught wind of Kip. I mean, he, he's been a guest on the show before and just mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what considerations and what thoughts you had going into uh, Ragnarok. Um, love that cut. Thank you. Um, I, I heard of Kip probably around the time when RTC and Closed Sessions first started working with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was impressed, super impressed right away with the kind of music he made, with his rap abilities, with the fact that he was from somewhere like, uh, I think East Cleveland, Ohio. So the the idea also that he was from somewhere where he was pretty much the hip hop scene. Um, that's something that I always appreciate when I listen to people. And like, that was the reason I got into Freddie Gibbs in the first place. And then when it came time to make Ragnarok, I had my verse ready. The beat was fire. Uh, I kicked my little verse on it. And then uh, Bolt was like, yeah, let's get Kip on this. And I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, you know, Kip probably do pretty well, you, you know, kick another 16. It'll be like, you know, Prodigy and Cormega on three. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then what wound up happening was he bodied me on my own shit. So, uh, and, and, Bo- and, and Boathouse told us this. And I was like, that is the rapperest shit ever. Both of y'all killed, man. But yeah, I, I, I know why you say that. Yeah, nah. And and he hit me with the Andre 3000 32 bar piece. You know? <laughs> uh, so that was uh, that was also fun. And like uh, I got knocked out and then stomped on. Uh, <laughs> and I could have been doing the standing eight count, you know. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I mean, it was uh, it was really cool to have him be a part of it. It was dope to be able to have a song with Kip on it. And yeah, I think the final product definitely holds up as well. Nice. Um, definitely want to. Hey, there you are. Um, definitely want to give you props on your recent guest verse on the AJ Suede and Small Professor. Um, I was listening to that over the weekend, and I was like, every time I listen to you, you have something where it's like it's a rewind. It's like mm-hmm. there's just not that much of that um these days so props on that but the track that i wanted to talk to you about off of um for all debts public and private is the qtna joint like the, mm-hmm. the one about uh kind of money and people's positions in life just a really really well written song man like um tell us a little bit about the genesis of that and your kind of how you approach that one i mean most of the songs were made in the studio with both 
So we had a few joints like Moving Targets, Dunk Contest, The Intro, Bubble Coat. I wrote and recorded those at home while I had COVID and was quarantining in my basement. Um, and then the other joints we worked on together from scratch. And, you know, I think uh, being a young dad, money becomes even more significant than it did before, right? And I think I started reflecting a lot on um, how terrible I am, <laughs> how terrible I am with money still to this day. Um, the idea that cost of living rises with time. So just having to um, accommodate for that and thinking to myself, oh, I have some sense of financial security. You know, I have a salary job, it pays okay. And then I'm still living check to check because I'm not using my money like a grown up, you know? Um, and so the hook just came out of me. The, uh, the verses came out of me as well. And yeah, I, I initially was with that track in particular, I was reluctant to add it to the album. Hmm. And the, the reason why is because in RTC, shout out to RTC at Close Sessions, uh, who, who really um, put 100% push not only into the promotion and release of the album, but also into just being a guiding creative voice as well. He and Boathouse convinced me to keep it. Um, and I think, you know, it was, it, it's just one of those moments where when you do songs that are vulnerable in that way, um, you know, you, you always feel some sort of doubt, even if you can't source where the doubt comes from. And initially I was like, ah, you know, maybe this is corny. Maybe this is just, you know, like a guy with a job complains that his job doesn't pay him enough. But, um, you know, it's dope to know that people connected with it and that it was worth it. And those two are definitely right about keeping it on the album as well. Uh, I want to ask about the track Rossi, mm. uh, which features uh, yourself and Arm and Hammer. Um, it's it's going to be a two-part in the Nate LeBlanc style. Number one, um, how does that come about where you get an Arm and Hammer to kind of like, y'all are all on a topic? So I wanted, I wanted to know kind of how, how you get that to come about or how you, you reverse engineer that. And then number two, to the content of the song, and thank you for name-checking top of the line, wine, Carlos Rossi. Uh, uh, what is... What is that liquor that you can't drink anymore? Because that song takes me to a place of like, you're, you're, you're talking about the days when you could drink and now like kind of looking backwards, which I, I just, I love the whole bent of the song. So if you could answer those two questions, uh, I, I, I think the listeners want to know. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, when it came, when it came to making the joint, uh, the beat, when I got it from both, that was probably the one where it was like instantly the hook was in my head. And I just wrote it down. And um, yeah, Arm & Hammer was the only, in, in my mind, uh, the only feature that worked on there with the exception of there was an additional, I don't, I don't want to say it uh, on the air because it's still possible that it could happen. And I don't want to jinx anything, but 
Um, there was another pretty big feature we were trying to get on there that was close to happening, but the timing just wasn't right for a variety of reasons. So um, it didn't wind up happening, but we're thinking about maybe doing a part two or a remix down the line in the future um, because people would be really excited to see that particular artist on the joint with Arm and Hammer, I believe. And um, yeah, I mean, that's the, I think um, I had the first two verses already done. You know, I had a solo version of it and then we sent it I think Woods was in town for something and he laid a verse, he laid his verse then and was like texting me, asking me what the joint was about so that he could have a better idea of what to write. Um, and I also think if you look at the, the credits for Aethiopes, he recorded Christine in that same session or at least in that mm. same weekend because Boat engineered it. Boat engineered Christine. So um which is tight. And then Elucid was the final piece that came together. And his verse is crazy. Just super, super dope. Like very, it, it was, you know, when you have a song with four verses on it, right? You just never really know if it's going to be worth the X amount of time. But that's one that you you listen to it from bar one to the last Second. I can attest to that. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. It's, still, it's still fire. And then as far as the liquor, I can't drink. I mean, I can't really for uh, I can't really drink it all anymore. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, played. Uh, you know, it's it's part, it's mo it's mostly uh, my choice and then partially not my choice. Um, but the liquor that I, I definitely will never, ever drink ever again. All right. So this is, I'll try to keep this story brief, but there was only <laughs> one time I ever got, I ever blacked out from drinking. And it was in, I was living in Panama. This is like 12 years ago. I was in college and there was a kid who had a glass bottle. It was just a, a regular glass bottle. There was no label <laughs> on it, but that's how I, that's how I should have known. That's how I should have known. I was like, this is, what's Spanish for hooch, you know? Um, <laughs> and there was a little Romanian flag tied around the neck of the mm. bottle. Flag number two. It, 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 like, <laughs> oh, that was, I, I, I see what you did there. Uh, so that was, like, or yellow flag. Flag right? number two. Romanian flag. Uh, <laughs> number two. And then, I asked, I was like, what is this called? And he was like, oh, it's called Romanian drink. We don't have another name for it. And that was strike three. Um, but I had already been being, you know, 21 and, and stupid. Um, I'd already been like chasing vodka with vodka to prove uh, a point. I don't really remember what the point was, but I know it definitely <laughs> wasn't what wound up happening afterward. And so it gave me like the super courage to take a couple of shots of it with a friend of mine and uh, my friend started coughing. I didn't cough. Yeah. I was looking at him like, ah, you can't handle. And then like 30 seconds later, I was slumped against the wall like this. Oh, my God. <laughs> with, somebody, with somebody trying to get me to give him a piggyback ride. And uh, <laughs> I woke up the next morning uh, without remembering what had happened in the last eight hours. Oh, my God. And you were in Panama, Panama. 
I was in, yeah, Panama oh City. Oh my God. Well, I've been down there. I'm like my, my friends had gotten me back. Like I woke up in my room. Like my friends okay. had gotten okay. me home. Um, good friends. Good friends. One of whom was like my height and a little heavier. So, you know, that was the only way I think uh, they got me out of the car. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that. I okay. can never, never, okay. no more, like never again, like an unlabeled bottle okay. of alcohol with any flag on it. Okay, okay. Uh, so no more Panamanian moonshine for Def C. We, Romanian, we get it. Romanian moonshine. Romanian. <laughs> in <laughs> Panama, which, yeah, yeah. It's just it's Damn. Uh, yeah, we Never also again. have the rule amongst the dad bots that none of us can carry each other. So <laughs> <laughs> if you get blackout drunk, call your moms. We can't, we can't help. Uh, Def C, we appreciate you, you coming on for all debts, public and private. Yes. Um, is out right now. Check the piece in the fader. Um, you guys are just doing amazing work. We are happy to have Boathouse on and we're happy that you could uh, join us amongst your, your many grown ass man duties. It's just thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you guys for having me as always. All right, that was our conversation with Dev C. I didn't get to it, guys, but he has a line um, on the new album where he talks about um, like washing bottles with one hand and burping rappers with the other. Um, so hearing his daughter in the background, I was like, man, you live this shit, bro. You are that guy. Um, yeah, just, just a great cat. Um, friend of the program uh, kind of just came on um, at, at a last minute ask, but uh, always good to talk to Def C. Yeah, he, what, he's the coolest. And like, I, I forget and like hearing that story about when he was in Panama, like he's a huge dude. Like he's he's like broad shouldered and like a big guy. Like it's actually funny in the <laughs> their press photos for this. He's like crouching down totally, probably because totally. like the, the sight lines would have been all fucked up with him. And, him oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, just super happy for him and really, really like this record. And uh, it was cool. A great idea, Damone, to bring him in. We already had um, the Boathouse interview locked in. Thank you, Dave, for arranging that. It was really cool to talk to him, which we're going to hear in a second. But like um, it, it's we really like the lyrical like word oriented rap right like that's kind mm -hmm. of that's kind of our wheelhouse yeah, yeah. and like def c is really on the come up in that world like he Absolutely. he is a yeah, very yeah. very good writer like um in the way that like it's just if you took his words out of the context of hip-hop i think they would still make sense as like mm -hmm. statements mm -hmm. totally and you know his his growth has been tremendous as well i mean i think his inflections um on this album it ju it's just a little bit more poignant and just a little bit more impactful um yeah what a great guy and i you know i loved hearing his um his kid in the background too it kind of reminded me of like when freddie gibbs was freestyling with his baby on his lap 
yeah he's doing a podcast with the baby on his lap you know totally um who we've uh koreatown oddity had audibly screaming children and uh luca uh his son was luca's son was basically trying to break into the room he was doing the podcast when we talked to him right before the end of the year last year and hey you know it's like Damone is the only one of us who have kids, but we're all older dudes. We get like people need to make oh. time to do this. So we're just happy when people are willing to talk to us. And like, I, I don't mind the kind of like uh, auditory thing. No, no, no. It's knowing it's your family is around. Like, I don't think that detracts from it. Obviously, this is not like a perfect sounding thing anyway. So it's like, live totally, your life. Totally. And you want to talk to us about your rap music? We're more than happy to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is so on brand for us. <laughs> it sort of adds a field field recording feel to it anyway so yeah I'm, I'm with it i'm with it live from the daycare it's dead <laughs> um yeah we also had a chance to uh talk to the producer of this new album for all debts public and private uh boathouse who i was not familiar with before the interview but um had a chance to to kind of peep some of his music as a as a prep for this and um Super cool cat. I think you guys are going to dig this interview. So let's get to it. This is our conversation with producer Boathouse. Dad bod rap pod. Every week we talk to people who are moving and shaping hip hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us from the lab and not even figuratively the lab. Like I see <laughs> the soundproofing in the lab. We have Boathouse. What's happening, man? How you doing? What's up? What's up? How are you? I'm great. Good, good. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Uh, where are you located geographically right now? So right now uh, I'm on uh, Chicago and Western in hey. Chicago, Illinois. Uh, at the lovely soundscape studios which has uh been my home for something like seven years now quite nice. a while nice yeah. that's awesome man um so i want to start and it may seem dumb but where does the name come from that's a great question <laughs> uh so um so i was i'm originally uh i was born in chicago but mm-hmm. I grew up in Minnesota and uh, there's lots of lakes and I've been around water my whole life. Um, and to me, the name kind of at first, I, j- I just thought it was a cool name. So I just grabbed it. And then it kind of became this thing that sort of to me gives me an image of like kind of like the ocean and water. And I just yeah. I like the image that it, it conveys. Right. And then, uh, also, it's kind of like meant to say, like similar to a floating house. Um, I can kind of work within this genre, work within that genre, and kind of float around in music. So, yeah, uh, that's nice. dope. Yeah, I, I like it when there's a couple, a couple layers, layers, yeah, right, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, talk to us about um, your your influ- influences and your heroes growing up. Like, who who made you want to make music, and who do you like especially look up to? Well, so when I was like 15, uh, I was at a friend's birthday party and he had gotten uh, MF Doom food mm. and 
uh, enter the 36 chambers for like a gift. And he let me, he let me borrow them like the next few weeks. And I remember just like taking those CDs home and this is like early iTunes era. So I like pop them in my computer and like immediately rip them, rip. throw them right on my iPod shuffle, you know? And, and, uh, I was really hooked. It was, it was early on. It was, it was like Wu-Tang Clan, um, and like Doom, uh, Aesop Rock was like one of my favorites. And, and growing up in Minnesota, um, Minneapolis, especially, it was just, uh, very hip hop heavy with like the underground scene out there. Um, Rhyme Sayers is based out there. And, and when I was in high school, I was like very, uh, into the artists that they had idea and abilities, brother Ali and atmosphere, of course. And then that label kind of, you know, continued to grab other, uh, underground artists from around that, the same kind of Midwest area. And I just remember being like, like really wanting to get involved. And I, I did like a lot of, a lot of research in, in high school when I discovered Wu-Tang and just kind of like started going, I like, I remember like Googling in my bedroom, I remember Googling like top 100 hip hop albums and then just like <laughs> going down the list and like, like just downloading as many as possible. So um, Gangstar and producer rapper groups similar to that mm. uh, were really like, really kind of caught my attention and kind of held held my attention more than than most um rap groups that I was discovering around then mm-hmm. and I remember being like I want to DJ so I got into DJing and then I was like yeah I'm kind of like premiere I'm like learning how to DJ <laughs> but like oh I should make beats too so mm-hmm. watched a lot of YouTube videos and uh ended up just kind of getting a MPC 2000 XL my little 17 year old self and learning how to do it and making just like a lot of a lot of loops in my bedroom early early on so it's always kind of been about that sort of like rapper producer duo to me mm. always interested me yeah we'll we'll talk about your uh rapper producer album with uh def c in just a little bit mm-hmm. but you mentioned being like um a boathouse on the water moving between sounds so your your origin story is is more about like wu-tang and, and the classics by the way if you had to pick one member of Wu-Tang, who would it be? If I said you're going to a desert island, you can only take one of the solo joints, who would it be? Um, it, it would probably be Supreme Clientele. Okay. Probably. Okay. Um, okay. Cuban Link's close second, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'll throw yeah. that out there, too. Okay. Okay. So so you're cool. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, good answer. Okay. Good. Yeah, good, yeah, good. 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 We can continue. Um, so you, you kind of, you, you've, you've talked about your influences, but kind of hearing your sound now, you have these like real, uh, electronic for lack of a, a better word, you have clubbable shit. Like how, how did you kind of move from to back and forth between these sounds? Like what, what started that for you? Um, I think really what started it for me was uh, starting to work out of soundscape here where I'm at right now and like doing, doing, um, doing sessions for like other people, just like random clients booking time with me to like record and mix their songs. And then just getting into um, the art form of like audio engineering, which expanded kind of my musical palette a little bit because I could, I could like stop having that, like, that like mindset that I had early on when I was like discovering hip hop of like 
it needs to be real rap and like it needs to be that like just kind of a snobby musical attitude and just appreciate um music that is good in any facet so like like for instance i guess i remember being an intern when uh Taylor Swift 1989 came out and Michael Kolar, the owner of the studio, bought the CD. And I remember being like, you don't seem like a Taylor Swift guy. Like, what's the CD about? And we like popped it in and we listened to it in, in the A room and on the big speakers and like, like really kind of like, like listened to the sonic choices within that album. And I remember being like, oh, I I see where the the merit is in this music. You know, um, it doesn't have to be for everybody, mm-hmm. but there's always something to, to be gain from it i think and uh um it kind of sort of like opened my eyes to like you could like you could like mess around with like different sounds and like still be like a lover of hip-hop at at your core you know it it doesn't need to be so like this is who i am i only like i only like people that spit bars like this and i only like make beats like that like it doesn't need to be like that so yeah, it was kind of a, a important moment for me and and uh in deciding like like how to be creative, I guess, and what creativity means to me. Yeah, uh we were very I'll I'll just speak for myself. I was a very closed-minded backpacker. I thought things had to be done a certain way and I dismissed right. a lot of great music. When I was younger, the older I get, the more I realize there are no rules and that's what's so great about it, even within hip hop. Yeah, uh, totally. So I, I feel that. And I believe that was the first time anyone mentioned Taylor Swift on the show. On this program. Yeah, yeah, well, this is episode yeah. 211. <laughs> that's my girl. Here. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned that you were an engineer as well. And uh, have you always engineered your own stuff? Or do you feel like that kind of makes you like uh, a more complete producer you can take something all the way through to a finished product or do you have people you rely on for doing that uh, so you have two sets of ears on things or just talk us through that a little bit well um i uh i have like a lot of a lot of the times i pass off like my songs at a certain point over to mike kolar who who will mix and master um the songs for me but because I kind of have that engineering mindset of things I'm kind of mixing things as far as I can get them and he's doing like very minimal finishing touches um that's kind of the point that we've gotten to now it didn't always used to be so easy but we we got kind of like used to to the workflow of things um but yeah it's uh I don't know it's just it's just it's it's super helpful to me because um if I make a beat with someone in the studio and they're writing to it and they're ready to record all they have to do is be like all right cool let's let's record this and then I'm like okay cool and I just I just record him and I rough mix it and it's done you know like we get the song like demoed out to a point where we're both happy and we can move on to whatever the next stage is so in terms of like workflow and like also being like super useful in the studio and like keeping that flow of like creativity going it's like and it's like a super priceless tool to me i think and uh in recent times it's it's become even more priceless so yeah absolutely um so you've talked about kind of your origin story and how you mixed in some other elements but listening to doing some research on you today I've noticed that you work with a lot of rapping ass rappers, like um, with the sound that you have, you could do, you know, something that had a lot more like, I don't know what you want to call it, vocalese, more people that are kind of sing rapping, but I've noticed you, a lot of your production has 
like rapping ass rappers on it. Is that a is that a choice? Is that a, like a callback to your um, to your roots and trying to like blend these sounds? Is that did I hear that right? It's definitely part of that for sure. It's definitely like I I want to make good hip hop at this current point in in my career. I think and uh, for right now. Um, I just want to make music and like put together albums and showcase what I can do as a producer, um, working with people who are kind of like on that same thing where they're like, I, the, the best thing is like when someone comes in the studio, they don't have, they don't come in and they're like, listen, I want to make, I want to make a song like this or something. They just come Mm -hmm. in and we chop Mm -hmm. it up and we just get going, you know, like we have a conversation, we make the song that is supposed to be made that day and it's and that's it that's that's always the best the best situation for me but in terms of like just i I just i just want to work with people that are just here to rap like (laughs) they're just here to make music they're not here trying to like be something that they're not or or Mm. or complicating things just come through the studio it's it's nothing for anyone to come through the studio and like sit down and like let's see what we can do you know that's my favorite way to work Right on. Um, let's let's talk about your new project, which is um, all debts public and private with Def C. Um, we um, have had Def C on the program. We're nice. we're fans of his. Um, he's a hell of a writer. Um, yeah. And so, please talk uh, talk to us a little bit about how you guys met, how this project came together, and maybe what listeners can expect. So I met uh, I met Def C some years ago i don't remember exactly when but he went to the university of wisconsin madison and there is a like uh spoken word um kind of rap uh i don't even know if it's like a major or anything but there's like a like a a program out there um which is really really cool to me because it's like kind of like just like a state school that has like a football team and stuff but there's like this like small artsy community within it which is is really cool but I had some friends that also went to University of Wisconsin-Madison also made music and were a part of that program and he was like the first part of the first group to go through it DFC was and they all knew him as like kind of big bro sort of sort of thing um, and so we met through a friend of mine, uh, who goes by the name of group think, um, he's, uh, an artist out here as well, super talented, but he was rapping at the time and I was making beats for him. And just one thing through and through another, like I just met Def C and I've just, we just kept in contact and had mutual respect for each other for, for some years. Um, and then I sat down with, uh, my manager, Alex, DJ RTC, uh, and we kind of were just like talking last year about uh what the game plan is and what we could do and what the next steps are like we got these beats what should we do with them uh seasons with mother nature had 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 been made come out and and did what it did and we're super happy with that so we're like we need to do more like get in with someone who's just down to work like they were and put a project together just see what happens and he's like, what about Def C? And I was like, you know what, dude? I've like gotten up with Def C. We made songs with Def C. I've had beats on some of his previous projects. Let me just hit him up. I know he's about to have a baby and like <laughs> yeah, this, maybe this yeah. is not a good time, but like, let me hit him up and see. And it was kind of just like a, like a, yo, we should, uh, we should do a project. We should just, we should just knock it out. I know you don't have too much time before this baby gets here, but 
maybe we can get it in. And, and he was like, yeah, you got some beats. And I was like, I'm going to send you a pack right now. Sent him one. He picked like, it was maybe like seven beats and he picked like maybe two or three. And he was like, yeah, these I'll write to these. You got any more? And I was like, okay, for sure. Sent more. And then we're like up to like five or six and he just out of the initial pack. And then he like came to the studio, recorded all of them in a day. Um, just got everything kind of just like, we're just recording, just getting it done. And then after everything was recorded, it's like, should we make some more? Let's make some more. Let's make some fresh ones, you know? And so we just wow. kind of like vibed out and made the rest of the project pretty much just like that. So. Damn. That's, 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 that's awesome. That's exactly what I'm saying about like those people that are just like, they're just here to rap. Like I'm, I'm just <laughs> yeah. coming to make music. Just give me a beat, you know? Yeah. And, and Defsy does so much with a beat. Uh, like Nate mentioned, we've had a chance to listen to the album. Um, do you feel like with working with an artist like Defsy, who is a, a rapper's rapper, somebody who's very proficient with the words, do you, did you feel, do you, or do you feel, or did you send him beats that were like, a little more sparse do you have like a rapper rapper pack that you're like this is for the spitters that i know i have like it, it's i'm like pretty unorganized with like my beats <laughs> and so that's something i'm trying to work on but um i i definitely was kind of in a zone of like sort of like slum village alchemist sort of like sample flipping beats mm -hmm. and i just they were just kind of scattered across my hard drive you know and uh I, I think I always throw in a couple like curveballs, you know, because I never know mm -hmm. what someone's going to want in a pack. But uh, um, I put together just a bunch of those type of beats where it was just like we're, we want like a we want just like a hip hop dope beats, like heavy drums, sample flip, 808, that kind of vibe. And so I just put together those and just sent them out. Um, and that's kind of how it went. Nice. Um so the first single was uh, Ragnarok with so Stone, someone else we've talked to. Um, you guys have a song coming out. I'm imagining it, it will be out by the time people hear this. Tell us about the, the choice of the singles and how, like what you want people to experience before they get the full deal. Um, I think Ragnarok was kind of the, the clear, like first, first single to let people know, like, this is kind of, this is how we're coming. Like, super dense bars with like i felt like high uh like re-listenability i'll say mm. i i still listen to that song and to this day and i'm like oh my god kip stone meant this when he said that like that was <laughs> it's always throwing me for a loop and the whole project is kind of like that um every time i go back and listen to certain songs on it or just like in the car going through the whole thing again i'm just like oh i just picked up on a new on a new metaphor or some, some line, some crazy line. So uh, it, it's kind of like the best like intro to how, how the project is going to shape up. And uh, the beat, the beat I thought is like super crazy. I love that beat. It's very simple and spacey, but just hard hitting. Um, and that's kind of what a lot of the beats on there are. Uh, there's a couple, there's a couple just like, you know, super minimal joints that uh, are just, a loop sample loop which are always kind of like some of my favorites on those like alchemist and rapper yeah. lab projects and stuff so um yeah uh it's it's crazy defsy is is like 
he just is like, Kips don't body me on my own song. <laughs> and it's like Kip is Kip is a monster. Like Kip is absolutely insane at rapping and always has been. And he's like really, really super in his bag right now, especially. Yeah. So um, it was kind of a kind of a, a crazy move. You know, if you're if you're a rapper, I would assume, you know, if you don't want to like be feel like you got bodied on your own song then then kipstone maybe is not the, not right the best choice. person to call yeah but <laughs> but i mean Def came with it like yep. Def's verse is yep. insane and and he yep. the way that it's structured in the project the, the way that song is structured in the project i really like how it flows i like how this entire project is sequenced out i spent a lot of time doing that by myself which is something i um mm. haven't really done in the past so uh yeah it, I think it was just the perfect, like, we hear, like, this is the, this is what you're getting from us with this that's project. Dope. That's dope. So that's for all debts, public and private, mm-hmm. uh, Sea Boathouse coming out April 19th. And hey, we want to thank you for coming on the program, man. It's been dope. And we wish you best of luck on this project and your future joints. Yeah, man. Thank nice, nice meeting you. And it's a really good record. And uh, yes. I'm sure you'll go on to a uh, big success. And uh, yeah, just a, a pleasure to hang. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate the kind words. Absolutely. man. be well. You too. Peace. Peace. That was our conversation with Boathouse. Let me tell you guys, as somebody who's, who's been in his fair share of studios, Boathouse has big, cool-ass engineer energy. Like, mm. just everything about him is just like, dude, yeah, Green Room's over there. Come through. Like, everything's super chill. It's an underrated part of uh, recording culture, of, of recording things. I had a, an engineer. I got a chance to record at East West Studios one time in L.A., um and the engineer there um was like dude it's all about the hang like if you can't hang if you're somebody that just irritates people or puts people off like he's like i've worked with you know all kinds of these stars and shit but if like you can't hang then uh the session goes nowhere so great to uh to to get a chance to to peep him he was in the studio while we were uh interviewing him as well um and he's he's got some dope beats on on this new record. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting his his range of styles. Uh, when Dave was not able to join us for the interview, but he did the booking. So when I, I always give Dave a little progress report on how it goes after if he's not able to join, and I was like, he's a good kid. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Like, he just seemed incredibly young to me. He's not jaded yet. It's like yeah. it's like yeah. can we like feed on some of that energy for half an hour and yeah. talk about the record, which we really like this record. And so we want to, we want to support it. And I, I'm, I always want to get, get introduced to new people. And um, if you do something that I 
that I'm interested in, then you're, if, if I'm interested in your music, I'm interested in you, right? Like, that's yeah. kind of the oh, whole yeah. point of this show. Yeah. It's like, we didn't realize, I didn't realize that for years of being kind of a hatery fan, it's like, if I had just talked to the people, I would have liked a lot more music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you told me why your second album doesn't sound like the first one that I love so much, I'm a lot more inclined to give it a chance kind of thing over and over and over again, hundreds of times now. But anyway, um, I just think... Uh, what you said, Damone, is really interesting because I've never liked hanging out in the studio. Like I've had some chances to do that, not that many, because I find it incredibly boring. Oh, it's so boring. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a lot of hurry up and wait. It's a lot of like nothing happening. So I think that's why that's why the hang good, is so important, right? That's why the hang <laughs> is so important. Like, you know, just getting the sandwich order and just kind of kicking it. Um to kind of double back on that, uh, on this new Def City Boathouse record, the song Rossi, which features Arm and Hammer, which we talked a little bit about. Um, Billy Woods has some great bars about just sitting around the studio, fucking wasting time, breaking up buds on Bad his Chinese unsold CD. Flying out my mouth. Uh, so so good, so descriptive, um, and just another reason why this. I think this record is going to do things. Uh, hopefully we caught it on air. I think Def C mentioned that um, it, it's it's already feeling like it's broke through some type of ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Congrats to him. Big congrats, man. Well earned. Yeah, yeah it could, couldn't happen to a better dude. And uh, I hope his, his trajectory keeps going. I think Boathouse is going to be uh, one of those names where uh, in a year or so, it'll be like, damn, y'all had Boathouse on? <laughs> like, it's going to seem like, how'd you, how'd you, how'd you swing that? Um, I ended up checking out the album uh, by the group Mother Nature that that Boathouse produced. Totally different from the Def C record, but but mm. also I was kind of digging that too. So um, props to him, and hopefully he's got a a, a long uh, career ahead of him. Also check out the song uh, Whiskey and Pushups. Boathouse and o- Open Mike Eagle um, is a, is another dope banger, which you would have heard had you subscribed to our Patreon. And been peeping Dim's Gems uh, playlist series, which uh, is one of the perks of being a Patreon subscriber. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where we're experimenting with it. We're doing new and different things all the time. Uh, by the time you hear this, Fly Sporadic Five will have dropped. Nate, tell us about Fly Sporadic Five and why folks should fuck with it. Well, I'm I'm pretty proud of this one. Uh, it is featuring only music by Nina Simone, and it is hosted by Nina Simone. And saying Ooh. anything more would spoil it. But okay. let me just say, I've had this idea for years, and I finally got it finished. Like that's why there was a that's little dope. bit of a gap in between things. I was just like, man, I've all, I this is it. I'm making it now. I want this to be right. So like, I don't know. It's I'm not a DJ DJ in a way of like. It's going to be all blended good or anything, but it's songs I think are really amazing. I have a ton of Nina records that I sifted through and I hope that people enjoy the conceit of it. Mm. Yeah. I think um, it's a great example of how the Patreon space is where we're kind of experimenting with um, different things that we've always wanted to try. So you've got the fly sporadic, you've got uh, Nate has some playlists um, on Patreon. He's got another one coming soon. I'm doing playlists. Uh, Dave, we 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 need we need. I got I got some spoken word material. I've been waiting to try. Saying <laughs> <laughs> words different volumes. I I will pay twenty five dollars a month to hear Dave's spoken word. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So patreon.com slash dadbodrappod for all this flyness. I, I liken it to when we first started this podcast and we were kind of like, how do you even do this? And we kind of were figuring it out and it mm-hmm. got really good at a point. I won't say the number of episodes. Um, I kind of feel like that with Patreon, but we're, we're going at an even greater clip. We, we've got new and interesting stuff coming out. Even a video thing that's going to be uh, coming out pretty soon. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, yeah, all the more reason to subscribe to us on Patreon and you listener out there listening right now to this, you can get a whole year subscription for 15% off. That's right. Y'all save that $9, 51 <laughs> bucks gets you uh, gets you a whole year subscription to the dad bot rap pod, which we super appreciate. Um, and I think Nate has said this many times. When we get the little notification that somebody subscribes, it, it brightens our day. So just know that you are you are warming our ice cold hearts when you do that. <laughs> um, we got anything else to to hype coming coming soon? Um, I don't think so. Um, I'm gonna be on a couple of friends' podcasts at some point. I'll hype them at some point. I, I did book a writing thing but i can't talk about it yet but i will when it's uh ready to be released but you know things things are always happening um it's actually funny i i i took last weekend to make a bunch of patreon stuff because it's like for the next couple weekends i'm gonna be writing a lot so i see now i see now Nate was on a fucking i need to pick weekends and like i i have these saturdays where my wife works and i'm off my job so it's like i have essentially by the time i get home from dropping her off seven hours to do my uh, creative projects and so last week patreon the next couple of weeks got to get back to the pen as they say but uh Look, you know it's cool. it. thanks man and then you know dave my agent and uh my un- uncompensated <laughs> agent uh, is uh, always really helpful in helping make these opportunities for me so i really appreciate that of course man. yeah man and dave you got you got anything in the in the pipeline that you can you can talk about um just a couple things. I'm working on a on a piece for the upcoming Wax Poetics. Um, it's a piece on uh, Patricia Chin, um, affectionately known as Miss Pat, who is the matriarch of reggae music, who is a little Chinese lady. Um, so there's a lot wow. of history there. And I was okay. able to interview her, and she's like 80-something years old. And I'm currently wrapping up the liner notes for uh, Genocide and Juice as well. So um, yeah. that should be out in like six months or something. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. that That's so dope, man. Um, Thanks. Could, congrats to all y'all uh yeah and i guess what i what i would have to hype is our twitter at dad bod rap pod uh on twitter at dad bod rap pod on ig connect with us uh, on twitter we're almost to five thousand yeah we're we're pushing up on five thousand so please uh tell a friend i i think we got a real boost from the atheops uh episode we saw a bunch of new follows and stuff so to those people if if you if you dig atheops like you you're good you're good yeah yeah this just, just you're to home. finish my joke we got uh, five thousand followers and some of them aren't rappers <laughs> <laughs> i think uh at least 150 don't have a, pro- a project they're trying to get us to push but it's it's all good it's a dope community we're learning a lot about new releases and such through that through that space um and you know we're 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 around so Holler at us, connect with us, subscribe to us on Patreon. Uh, keep us in your thoughts and prayers on the on the day-to-day because, uh, you know, we're your guys. Dead bod, rap pod.